0: I was, telling, I was telling the band, we're going we're gonna to keep that one on the keeper list. Y'all like that song? It's a great song. I want to say thank you to the people being patient with us. I think we got some people sitting out in the lobby and um, folding black chairs uh, that we, we paid for these chairs and we didn't have a lot of money, so we just bought those on, at the jockey lot, I think. I don't know. Um, I would be willing to bet that I could go around the room and call on any person Relax, I'm not. It's, it's, some people, it's your number one fear, speaking in public. Anybody, that's your number one fear? Any, anybody? Okay, good. You, sir. I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I could go around the room and I could, I could ask you, it's an easy question, what's your, what's your favorite movie? And you would have an answer because you can't get that wrong. It's your favorite movie. You would know the answer to that question. And, uh, and if it's your favorite movie, here's what I know about it. You've watched it more than once. And you've watched it more than once because it's your favorite movie, right? My favorite movie, and I was overthinking this when I was thinking about it, I was overthinking it because um, I've got a lot. And it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. I'm a guy. So if I'm, if I'm in a fighting mood, it's Braveheart or Gladiator, right? Um, if I'm in a football mood, it's Remember the Titans. If it's, yeah, thank you. Wow. Okay, good. Um, if it's Christmas, it's Christmas Vacation, right? Or Elf, either one. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but my favorite movie of all, the one I've seen the most is Star Wars. And I'm talking. OG Star Wars, like 1977, 78 when it was released in the theater Star Wars. I went to the theater with my mother. She took me to see Star Wars, and I can remember how I felt the first time I watched that movie. I was scared. Um, And I was scared because at the end, when Luke Skywalker is flying the X-Wing fighter down the Death Star, and have you ever paused and thought how stupid the builders of the Death Star were? That you could blow it up so easy. It's what happens when the government builds something. But anyway, the <laughs> Luke Skywalker is flying, flying down, and I'm nervous. Like I was shaking. My mom was telling me I, wa- I was gripping her hand so hard. Because if he if he misses, then Darth Vader rules the empire and we're all, you know, crushed. But if he makes it, the rebellion lasts. And I can remember how I felt when the Death Star exploded. I was so ha- I was nervous. And I was happy. But then the second time I watched it, I wasn't nervous because I'd seen the ending. And the third time I watched it, I wasn't nervous because I'd seen the ending. And it's that way with your favorite movie too. You know the ending. You know how it's gonna end. So you're not nervous. So if it's it's Christmas vacation, you know Clark's gonna get the raise, right? And if it's Titanic, you know Rose is gonna drop Jack like a bad habit, right? I'll always love you. (laughs) There's room on the door, but you ain't that good. So another message, another time. Just saying we know how that now the reason i bring that up is because believe it or not christmas and easter are the most challenging times for a pastor to actually preach a message and here's the reason why you've seen the movie like you know how this ends like nobody is going to get in our lobby today look at the person you came with and go shut the front door he's alive <laughs> Did not see that coming. And so we get together on Easter and, and we celebrate the resurrection. And, and so f- from a pastor standpoint, it is a challenge to come up with a message that'll connect. So I had a couple ideas and I'm old school. I still use a, a pen. It's, um, some of you are gonna have to Google this, but it's something you write with, like a pen and a legal pad. And I'm writing down thoughts and, and ideas and I'm kind of drafting things out And God spoke to me so clearly, because I I thought I had a good idea. And God said, just read the story. And I don't know if God's ever spoken to you and you kind of had to, you felt like you needed to help him a little bit. And I just told him, I said, well, I've I've read the story. He said, you hadn't read what I want to show you. I said, all right, fine, I'll read the story. I obeyed, but with an attitude. If you got teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. So I sat down and I, I wrote some stuff down. And I'm telling y'all, I, I've read the, I've been preaching for, for over 30 years. I've, I've read the Bible for most of my life. And what I'm gonna share with you today, the reason I'm so excited about it is because I've, I've never shared this because I've never seen this. It's, it's, it's powerful on a couple levels. Number one, it shows us how no matter who you are in this room, no matter where you are in life or where you are spiritually, you can connect to the Easter story. But more importantly than that, at the end of the message, where I'm gonna, what I'm really trying to get to, it's gonna show us how not only can we connect to the Easter story, but we can have victory in this life that we live in, not just occasionally, but every single day. Amen. So we're going through the Easter story, and I'm gonna show you about five things that popped out. Now, for some of you, Regulars, you know we just got crazy because I normally share three things, but we have five, so we just went to charismatic. Not really, we're kind of costal but anyway, it's a good mix. The first thing I see in the Easter story is confusion. Now, just an honest question. Have you ever been confused by another human being? Yes or no? Married men should especially say yes on this one. Shannon confuses me. I love her. But she confuses me because when we got we got married, her and Sammy, Sammy is her her dog and came to live with me and Chance, my dog. We have a blended family. She when she came to my house, we had two pillows on our bed. Which makes sense. Because there's one of me and there's one of her. She needs a pillow and I need a pillow. But we've been married almost 2 years now and the pillows have multiplied. We now have eight pillows on our bed, but we don't sleep on any of those pillows. The two pillows that we sleep on are put away. And these pillows are called throw pillows. But you know what I discovered? You don't throw these pillows because if you throw the pillows, you get in trouble, right? And then there's a blanket on our bed and it's placed beautifully, but we don't use the blanket. And I asked her one day, I was like, why do we have all of this? And she said, well, if somebody comes over and they wanna look in our bedroom, and I went, pause. Uh uh-uh. uh, who does that? So, Pastor P'd like to see your bedroom. No, freak, get out of here. Put the Amazon package down and leave. I'm just saying confusion happens in life. It it does. All of us are confused by other people. And and many of us, if we're honest, if you had to describe how you feel today spiritually, confusion, well, that would that'd be a good description. All of us have experienced spiritual confusion at some point. Now here's what we're told in church. We're told that the closer we get to Jesus, the less confused we'll be. And I wish that were true. It sounds so good, I want it to be true. But here's how we know it's not true. The apostles, the 12 guys that Jesus did ministry with, they were closer to Jesus than any of us have ever been. They got to see him do miracles, and then Jesus one day was like, y'all go do the miracles. They're like, okay, so they went out and healed people. But the night that we know as the Lord's Supper or the Passover meal or the last supper, whatever we call it, communion, Jesus holds up the bread and the wine, and he said, this is my body, and this is my blood, and they were like, what? And then he tells them this. He said, guys, got some good news, got some bad news. they're like, well, share the bad news first. And he said, okay. Tonight, I'm going to be arrested, and tomorrow, I'm going to be murdered. Uh, What's the good news? And he said, well, the good news is I'm going to come back to life in three days. And they went, okay. And then they just started talking amongst themselves about which one of them was the greatest. Jesus just said, I'm going to come back from death. And they were like, I think I'm pretty good. I'm better than you. They didn't understand. They were confused. And and can we blame them? Like, all of us in this room, if we're reading the Bible, we're like, how could they doubt the resurrection? Well, just imagine your best friend showed up tomorrow at work and said, hey, guys, I'm going to die today, but don't worry, I'll be back on Wednesday. None of us would go, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. We'd be like, I don't know. The reason I bring that up is because a lot of times when we're confused, we get told maybe by a spiritual leader, well, the reason you're confused is you're not close to Christ or you're not reading your Bible or there's some sinner in your life or maybe, maybe you're confused because you can't quite understand what God's doing. There's some people here, you're confused because your life isn't where you thought it would be right now. Like some stuff happened and it took you down a different path and there's nothing you can do to change it and you're confused. By the way, I, I get it, I understand Maybe you're confused because you, you thought you would be at a different place and you're not there. Maybe you're confused because you thought following Jesus was gonna be great and awesome and it's been a bit of a struggle lately. And, and you're not confused because you're a bad person. You're confused because you're human. And when we're confused spiritually, that doesn't mean we should walk away. When we're confused, we should lean in because I promise you, in his time, Jesus will bring clarity out of our confusion. They didn't get it, but three days later, they got it. And then they put their lives on the line for it. So there's confusion in the Easter story. So anybody in here that's experiencing any sort of spiritual confusion, Jesus can meet you right there. Isn't that great? All right, that's just the first point. Number two is stress all of us have things that stress us out am i right i have been very honest with this church always this is kind of like my therapy group if you're brand new i just confess stuff i confess stuff that isn't on the internet yet so it's 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 pretty sometimes i go to the internet to figure out what i got to confess cuz i didn't know some of that stuff anyway i have issues i have issues i do i have issues with 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 the, my temper and in traffic. Let's just say there's a lot of, God's got a lot of potential of of work in that area in my life. And so this next story, I'm not going to say it was me. I'm just going to tell y'all I know a guy. It's a true story. I know a guy who, if you take a right out of this parking lot and you go down Clemson Boulevard and you go all the way down to where that QT is on the right-hand side, y'all know what I'm talking about? Where the little angry man with a microphone yells at people sometimes, you know what I'm talking about? He's an angry elf. Anyway, so, and you take a left right there and you go out on Concord, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so right there is a red light, but there's a green turn signal. You know what I'm talking about with the green turn signal? So the, everybody here gotta stay, but you in the, in the turning lane, you can turn. Are you with me? Okay, so the guy I know was behind a car that when the green turn signal turned green, the car did not go. And said guy was frustrated Like blew the horn frustrated did this don't judge me i didn't tell him he was number one i just did this and it i mean this guy i know did this (laughs) person didn't go light turned red so i got out of my truck Went and knocked on the window. I said, "There's a turn signal," and the dude was like, oh, "Okay." Got back in my truck. Some of y'all are like, oh, "Don't know the path. That's not very godly for a pastor." Well, welcome to second chance. Welcome to second chance. <laughs> what y'all gonna do? Fire me? Um, I just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying we all deal with stress. There's not a person in this room that hasn't dealt with something stressful this week. We we all deal with some sort of of stress, and some people just get stressed out to the point where stress controls you. And here's here's what's crazy. Jesus, Jesus can meet you in your stress because he was stressed. Now, that's happened every service. There's There's a religious, there's kind of like a religious attitude and the religious attitude says, Jesus wasn't stressed, he was fully God. And you're partially right, he was fully God. He was also fully man. And I wanna read this text to you. It's, it's interesting, this is written by Luke. Luke's occupation, was a, he was actually a doctor, so it's kind of fascinating that Luke, the doctor, recorded this information about Jesus. He said, Um, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke 22. He said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Pause. Jesus said, God, if there's a plan B, can we do plan B? And and it's it's never wrong to ask for that because Jesus was sinless and he said, if there's a way out, God, get me out. But then he finished up with this. He said, yet... I want your will to be done, not mine, which is strong, right? That's a great prayer. And then Jesus experienced something in his prayer time that I have never experienced in my life. And I'm sure nobody, well, I'm, if you have experienced this, um, I don't think anybody's experienced this. I just, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. I hope I get to experience that one day. And maybe you have. And if you have, Shoot us an email, all right? But I'm just saying, praying so hard that an angel, I think that would be pretty powerful. I think I'd be pretty excited, scared at the same time, because when angels showed up, the first thing they had to tell people was fear not. But then watch this. This is how I know Jesus was stressed. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Now this, sweating blood, is, there's actually a medical term for it. It's called hematidrosis. And hematidrosis is triggered in a human body when the human body experiences significant levels of stress. All I'm saying is Jesus can meet you there. In your stress, like because there's some people stressed. You're stressed about your marriage. You're stressed about your relationship. You're stressed about your job. You're stressed about the economy. You're stressed about life. You're stressed. You're stressed about this. What's something's coming this week, and you're stressed. And we all experience stress. And stress is an opportunity for us to lean into Jesus, because in our stress we will discover if we give him a chance that his strength is stronger than our stress and he might not pull us out of it, but he will carry us through. Amen. Which leads to number three. Number three is labeled. Labeled. Um, quick question. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna embarrass anybody. I just, I just wanna know. how many, How many teachers do we have in the room just teachers just raise your hand and, and raise them high raise them high you always tell your students to raise their hands high i'm telling you to raise your hand high alright Now look at it. can we give these teachers a round of applause <laughs> if you're a teacher you just raise your hand i, I want to say thank you i think you all are getting a bad rap right now i think you're getting a a bad reputation um because of all the teacher talk going on in in the news i think the overwhelming majority of teachers are great teachers. The reason we don't hear about them is because they're actually teaching their students instead of creating TikTok videos about their students. I mean, it's, right? And teachers are so powerful. Teachers have such an influence on a young person's life. I still remember the names of my teachers from kindergarten to sixth grade. Seventh grade, we started switching classes, and I only remember a few. But kindergarten... Kindergarten was Miss Conette. First grade was Miss Coffee. Second grade was Miss Pennell. <laughs> Third grade was Miss Rice. Fourth grade was Miss Nally. And sixth grade was Miss Hancock. Some of you top A people, you're going crazy right now. Harold, did he skip the fifth grade? No, no, no. I saved fifth grade because she was special. Have you ever created a nickname for somebody? I've got a nickname for for her. Satan. Anybody have her for a teacher? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me tell you why. I'm not going to tell you her real name. I'm just she was. That's what I called her, Satan, because she was she was evil. I moved, into, I moved from private school to public school, and I had an issue with my transition. I, I didn't, they stuck me in this reading class, and, I, and, and they tested me on reading comprehension. And they said I didn't comprehend stuff that I read, which is not true. I comprehend stuff if I'm interested in it. But don't give me a book called a classic. Cause you know why they label books classic? Because if it wasn't a classic, nobody would read it. Like literally, like like I tell, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the worst of times because I'm reading this stupid book. That's why it's the worst of times right now. So I couldn't understand what I was reading because they were giving me this stuff. And so I kept, they kept moving me down in in levels. And finally, they put me in a remedial reading class. And I remember my teacher looking at me and she said, Perry, you are so stupid. And here's the deal that stuck. I figured, she's a teacher. She's the... It, it's amazing how a label can lock you in, is it not? So I barely made it out of the fifth grade. And when I say I barely made it out, I want you to listen to me. Once upon a time in school, if you didn't make passing grades, you would fail and have to actually repeat the grade again. They made you do that. They didn't call you a snowflake and just let you go to the next grade. They were like, no, you failed. I barely made it out of fifth grade. I barely made it out of sixth grade. I barely made it out of seventh grade. I barely made it out of the eighth grade and I barely made it out of the ninth grade because I thought I was stupid because I, I let the label limit me. Now, the reason I bring that up is because the religious leaders thought if we can get Jesus labeled, we can limit his influence. And so they were trying to figure out how do we get him labeled? Because everybody thinks he's a great teacher and everybody's seen him work miracles and everybody knows he's, he's got moral character. How do we get this Jesus guy labeled? And somebody said, I know, let's get him arrested. Let's get him arrested and put on trial. And if we have him arrested and put on trial, you know people, they'll go, you know, there's some stuff about that Jesus. He's kind of shady. I don't know. And then the next thing you know, we can label. And they thought if we can get him labeled, we can limit him. So sure enough, the Bible sells us in Luke. So they arrested him and led him to the high priest home where he was put on trial. They tried their best to label Jesus and the enemy will try his best to label us as well. Some of us carry that label. Some of us carry a label. Maybe maybe when you were young, somebody told you that you were a mistake. Some of us carry the label damaged goods. Some of us carry the label divorced. Some of us carry the label addict. Some of us carry the label anxious. Some of us carry the label depressed. We've let other people tell us who we are, and This is one thing I personally know about labels. They will lock us in and lock God out. I'll say this, the only one that has the right to label you is the one who created you in his image for his glory. I'm just saying if you're wrestling with labels, they tried to label Jesus. it didn't work, but they tried. Number 4, number 4, abandoned. Now this this next illustration, you're just going to some of you are going to understand it very well, and some of you aren't going to understand it at all. But I'm going to use this illustration because well it speak what well, you'll get it. If you've ever been around somebody that's had a lot of alcohol, they turn into one of three types of people. Nobody stays the same. The the first type of person, once they've had a lot of adult beverages, is the philosopher. And they just start talking. And you're like, oh God. And they're either going to talk about politics, college football, or religion. And they won't shut up. They go... (laughs) And go and go and then and then if you leave the next morning, you get up and on your phone they've sent you a text message that takes forty-two minutes to read because everything's misspelled and they finish it with "love you." <laughs> the second type is the fighter. They get liquid courage in them and they want to fight. It sucks to be them because they usually lose the fight, but they're drunk so they can't feel pain. So you're hitting them in the face and they're laughing. <laughs> a lot of y'all are getting this illustration. Last Okay, that's why you're at the 11 o'clock service. Took a little time. Took a minute to get up this morning, didn't it? The third type of person is the lover. And when I say the lover, they're, they're, this, is how you know, this is how you know it's kicked in. This is how you know it's kicked in. You're all standing around, you're talking. And the lover, they look at you and they go, man I, I love you man <laughs> I was going I was in a restaurant I was going to the I was going to the restroom and you had to walk through the bar area to get to the bathroom and uh, there there's a guy at the counter by himself and he was um he had had a he had a drink or 17 and <laughs> He caught me out of the corner of his eye and when he turned and looked at me, he went, Pastor P. And his breath hit me and I would have failed a breathalyzer test right there on the spot. I was like, whoa, whoa, I got a buzz. Here we go. I said, hey, bud, because I didn't know his name. I said, how you doing? And he went, man, I'm. You have made. An impact in my life, and I was like, Have I? <laughs> I didn't say that, I didn't say that. I thought it. I thought it. And he gave one, he was like, Can I have a hug? and I was like, gonna dap him up, but like, he bear hugged me and he held on for like so long. I was, I was like talking to people, going, exactly. <laughs> And and all of us have had somebody at some point. Tell us how much they love us. Oh, I love you, man. And, and it's usually followed up with this. I always got your back. I got your back. I don't care what happens. I got your back. You ever heard that? That's what they told Jesus. Jesus was standing in front of all of his guys. And he said, guys, here's, um, here's the deal. They're gonna show up to arrest me tonight and um, all of y'all are gonna run. And they were like, no, Peter was like, I'm not running. And Jesus said, Peter, it's funny you said that. Um, Satan has actually asked to sift you as wheat. If you're Peter, is that what you want to hear from Jesus? Because if I'm Peter, I'm like, you, to- you told, him, told him no, right? Like, you told him to cut that out. And Jesus said, actually, I told him he could. And, um, but it's all right. When you get back up, just strengthen your brothers. And Peter doubled down and said, I am not going to abandon you. I will never. And all the other apostles were like, we got your back, Jesus. And they had his back until the cops showed up. That's what happened. When they showed up to arrest Jesus, the cops showed up. And watch what happened. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. They had his back up until the point it was going to cost them something. And then they didn't have his back anymore. there's a lot of people in this room that knows how that feels you had a a mother or a father walk out on you you had a spouse turn their back and leave you maybe you had a child that is disconnected and won't come back they're like a prodigal you had a friend somebody that was so close to you and you thought that friendship was always going to be solid and they turned their back and they abandon you and it sucks it hurts and i'm just saying if if you have ever felt that you can lean into jesus because he can connect with you in ways that you could you don't have to you don't have to process that alone is all i'm saying by the way, let me just kind of point this out because it stood out, it was, it was so obvious I, I had to say it. Peter and Judas committed the same sin. They both betrayed Jesus. But Peter repented and then leaned back into community. Judas felt sorry for himself, isolated himself, and eventually took his own life, which just reminded me I'm so thankful for this church because it's a place where the wounded and the weak can lean in and find help and strength in their time of need. God, makes me excited. Last but not least, last but not least, suffering. Suffering. Probably a lot of people in here have have like a, a cross at some point. Uh, cross jewelry cross necklace so people have a cross tattoo Um, I remember I went to a Catholic church one time one time they literally asked me to not come back that's a whole nother story but that's true I I was told not to come back there was some stuff I didn't know I just had questions I was not question time apparently but (laughs) different message different time That's the first time I'd ever seen Jesus on the cross. I'd always seen just crosses, right? And and the cross is a very popular form of, of jewelry and architecture. But it only became popular in architecture and jewelry after everyone that had seen one used had passed away because if people from the time of Jesus saw us wearing crosses, they would be horrified. And here's why. Crucifixion was not designed to kill people. Killing people was easy 2,000 years ago. You took a sword, you chopped off their head. Simple. I was talking with somebody about that the other day, and they said, well, that would be a quick, painless death. I'm like, how do you know? You ever taught anybody that got their head chopped off? It looks like it might hurt just for a minute, right? Why do we say stupid things? Stop. Stop. But crucifixion was designed that people would suffer. Crucifixion was designed so people would suffer as much shame and pain as possible during their last few hours or even days on earth shame because you were crucified in the nude and pain because nails in your feet and hands and 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 we're told this and so when we read this typically we're just tempted to read right over it but the original readers of the gospel of luke would have been in just horrified because Luke tells us two others, both criminals were let out out to be executed with him. When they came to the place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. They They were crucified. Jesus suffered. Physical suffering, like he's on the cross and there's a nail in his foot. And so if you wanted to speak or breathe, you had to push up with your feet and that bone in your foot, the bones would scrape up against that nail and hit that nerve and pain would shoot all the way up through your leg. It was, it was literally excruciating, which blows my mind, I don't even have time to go into this, that Jesus said seven different things From the cross, which meant in order to communicate, he had to suffer just to speak his word. We were so important to him, he was willing to suffer by speaking his word from the cross so we could have life. We could have the life that we never imagined we could have. That's just mind-blowing. He suffered physically. He suffered emotionally because he had just seeing the people that were closest to him abandoned him and then he suffered spiritually now once again religious people sometimes push back on oh, no, i don't think you suffered spiritually then explain to me why he said from the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me i'm just saying if you're suffering physically emotionally spiritually Jesus gets it and he can meet you there. He really can. I, I've discovered a lot of time, my suffering is, I, I, I won't turn my attention to Jesus if things are going good. Suffering is, somebody said it best one time, suffering is God's megaphone as a reminder that we can't make it through life without him. So, so this, is, this is what I wrote down on the legal pad that day that there are people here in this room and and watch it online today that are experiencing confusion, stressed, you're labeled, you've felt abandoned, and you're suffering. Now, everybody in the room can find themselves on this list, maybe in even more than one spot. And, And the Easter story is that Jesus can meet us there. And that would be great. Like, we could... We could end the service. We could say Jesus can meet us there and Jesus went through this and he gets it and he understands it, but we would miss the most powerful part of the story. We would miss, the, I've said, all of this has just been my introduction. Now I'm gonna get to the message, but relax. I'll have you out of here by two. I'm just kidding. The me- all, these are the things that happened at Easter, but this is what the, the, that Easter is about. It's all about resurrection. Like Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. He, he said he was gonna do it, then he did it. That's pretty awesome. People have asked me, why did you choose Jesus over the other religions of the world? It's simple. Anybody that can predict their own death, burial, and resurrection and pull it off, that's my guy right there. That's my God. And, and it's recorded in every gospel, but we're told in Luke's gospel that the women went to the tomb and, and the women went to the tomb that morning where he rose from the dead. And you know why the women went to the tomb? You know why the women really went to the tomb? Because two men had put Jesus in the tomb a few days before and they knew those men didn't do it right. Right, men? Your wife ever tell you to put dishes in the dishwasher? You put the dishes in the dishwasher, she comes in and rearranges them all because you didn't do it right. Relationship series starts next week, don't miss it. So they show up ready to fix the men's problem and rewrap Jesus, and they're met with an angel. An angel says this, he says, he says why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here, he is risen from the dead. Now, that's pretty awesome. We get together as a church, and we celebrate every year the resurrection. Yay! Jesus is alive, but let me tell you why this is so important to me. This Easter, the thing that I saw that I've never really seen and has had me pumped all week long It's this. how do he do it? That's a good question, right? I mean, the resurrection. How did he pull that off? Because I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, if, if you can sign me up to pull off my own resurrection, I would love to be able to do that. You know, that, that would be kind of cool. How did he do that? And it's real simple. As we read through the scriptures, that question is answered over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit brought him back to life. Jesus modeled for us in his death what it's like to submit to the Holy Spirit. God, breathed, And the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and brought him back to life. He didn't, he didn't bring himself back to life. The Holy Spirit brought Jesus back to life. Who brought Jesus back to life? Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you why that means so much. It's what Paul wrote in Romans chapter eight, verse 11. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. The same, think about that. Just stop for just a second and think about it. The same Holy Spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead lives in you. If you're a Christian, if you have prayed to receive Christ, the Holy Spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead lives in you. That's good news, but it gets better. It really does get better, watch this. Paul goes on to say, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will, not he might, not he could, not if you're good, but he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit. The same spirit, which same spirit? The spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead, who's living within you. If you are a follower of Christ, you have what I will refer to today as resurrection power. Well, Pastor P, what does that mean? I'm so glad you asked. It means that resurrection is greater than confusion, and resurrection is greater than stress, and resurrection is greater than labels, and resurrection is greater than abandonment, and resurrection is greater than any suffering we will go through on this side of eternity. It means, as Christians, I want you to listen to me, we are not victims. Right. We are victorious. Stop accepting the label of a victim, and let's start walking in victory because because, not because we're awesome, but because the spirit of the living God that brought Jesus back from the dead lives in us. That's I've been thinking about that all week, and I've just been kind of, I've had a good week. It's just been exciting just to think about that. I started thinking about verses like, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Like, that stuff is true. One of the main reasons I'm excited, though, one of the biggest reasons, is resurrection equals reunion. Reunion. We don't know a lot about heaven. The, the Bible, a few times when people tried to describe heaven, they were like, I can't really put it into words, we won't give it a try. But I'll tell you what we do know. When we get to heaven, there will be no Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, which that's half of your stress right there. There's no more cancer. There's no more Alzheimer's, there's no more brain tumors, there's no more diabetes, there's no more sickness, no more suffering, no more shame. And I love that. But being a Christian isn't about just getting to heaven. It's about heaven coming down and being inside of us. And when we pray to receive Christ, yes, our place in heaven is guaranteed period. Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But there's a reunion because we're connected to the Creator. We're connected to the God who created us in His image, on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. And in His time, as we daily submit to Him, He brings heaven alive inside of us. How? By the power of his spirit they brought Jesus back from the dead so if you're here and you're a Christian here's the good news you don't have to let anything that has happened to you or anything that you've done define you you're not a victim you're victorious and if you're here and you're not a Christian I would ask you this question why in the world would you say no to a God who sent his son to die for you and wants nothing but the best for you? Well, so now let's pray. Jesus, I wanna thank you today, right now, for every single person in this room. I pray that we would be so open to the working of your Holy Spirit. And God, you would have your way in our lives. My head's bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never turned your life over to Jesus. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. And you know, you need that. You need that. That whole power to overcome, you don't have that, but you need it. And you can have it today by asking Jesus to come into your life right where you sit right now. All over this room, in the lobby, online. You can ask Christ to come into your life. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer you want to ask christ to come into your life today i want to lead you in this prayer and i want you to pray it out loud don't freak out because our whole church is going to pray it with you we, we we all pray this prayer out loud and we pray it for the benefit of those that are praying it for the first time so if you want to pray to receive christ you're like i want that i want that power of resurrection i want that relationship with god i want that i Need that then right where you sit you pray this out loud in second chance family. Let's pray it with them. Just say Jesus Christ I know that I'm a sinner And I need your forgiveness I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins and Right now Jesus I confess you as Lord Come in and take over in Jesus name I pray now my head's still bowed and i still closed. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to do me a favor. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna make you stand up. I just want you to do me a favor right now and just look at me. I'm just standing on the stage. Just look at me. Just look at me. Just look at me. I'm trying to make sure I see everybody. You just made the best decision ever. This is my hope and my heart for you. I want you to remember this day for the rest of your life. Because you're going to have some good days and you're going to have some bad days. You're going to have days that you believe and you're going to have days that you doubt. But I want you to remember that this day, in fact, this is what I want you to say about this day. Jesus did something significant in me on Easter of 2023. I want you to remember this day. let me tell you how I want you to remember it. In just a few seconds, we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to sing. We're going to tear the roof off this place. But if you just prayed to receive christ if you're looking at me right now i want you to take the pen that was in your seat i want you to take the sticker that was in your seat i want you to write your name on this sticker some of you are like pastor p if i start writing down my name people will know well that's kind of the point they're going to know what if they get mad well then we'll do the prayer again and because they obviously need to pray it right you just take your pen and, and write your name on the sticker and then in just a couple seconds when i'm when we all stand and we start singing, you're not gonna stand and sing, you're gonna stand and step out. There are four crosses along the front of the stage. There's two right here and there's two to the, to the far ends. I want you to take your name on that sticker and come put it on that cross as an indication that you're going public for Jesus. Because listen, 2,000 years ago, he went public for you. He went public for all of us. So if you prayed that prayer and you accepted Christ, I want you right now to write your name on the sticker, right now, put it down. And then when we stand up, you come and put it on the cross. So you will always remember, this is the day that you and Jesus, that y'all got it right. He lives in you and you can have victory over anything. You say, Pastor Pete, what are the people in the room gonna do? Well, I'll tell you what, we're gonna clap. We're gonna cheer. We're going to celebrate because the angels in heaven are celebrating right now. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person in this room that just wrote down their name. God, maybe they didn't write down their name. God, fill them with the strength and the courage to write it down right now. And God, as we get ready to sing, may we sing and may we celebrate as people that are fighting from victory, not fighting for victory victory god may we may we absolutely worship you and god fill us with the courage to do what we know you've called us to do in jesus name we pray everybody said amen y'all i've done this every service i'm gonna do it this one too Some of y'all looked at me and you didn't move. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. This isn't about me. This is about you taking that step, making that profession. Is it scary? Oh yeah. But is it right? Absolutely. So if anybody else needs to come, if you're scared, just ask the person next to you. Go with me. I never want to shut an invitation down as long as somebody else might need to respond. I'm not applying pressure, I'm not yelling, I'm not screaming, but if the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart right now, I want you to write your name on the sticker and put it on the cross. When nobody comes, we'll pray and go home. I just don't want you to miss this opportunity. Anybody else? Let me pray for us. God, I want to pray a blessing over this house today. God, I want to pray that as we walk out of this place, God, we would know we are blessed. Your Holy Spirit living in us is a blessing. We have victory over being labeled. We have victory over stress. We have victory over confusion. We have victory over abandonment we have victory over suffering God and I pray that as we leave this place today we would know we're walking in victory God for those that are struggling God may we rest in your strength today may you bless us and may you keep us may your face shine upon us for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever And all God's people that agreed said, amen. Amen. Y'all have a great Easter service. I hope y'all have a great weekend and we'll see y'all back here next Sunday.